0: If you just say yes and go and do shit, good things start to happen to you. Like if you can just have a good attitude about it, like going and taking a job, going out with friends, going on a walk, going on a drive, moving, you know, checking this thing out, like just going and being present in the world, mm-hmm. you start to pick up on things from people, places, and events.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Abanov Jant, and this is The Real Abinov Audio Experience. Welcome to The Real Abinov Audio Experience. This is your host, Abinov Jan, and I aspire to make this podcast go beyond the surface. In this podcast, I intend to bring you insights from the topmost performers, no matter what industry they're in. We talk about how they've done things differently to grow their minds and keep their physical and mental health in shape. My mission with this podcast is to help overwhelmed individuals learn ways to reduce their depression, anxiety, and live with peace and love. I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Blossom Media Studio. Thank you so much for creating and distributing my podcast and taking away literally every single thing that's involved with podcasting so I can just spend the time to talk to my guests and create great episodes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another great episode. Today, I have Vanader, aka Evan. Again, I met the gentleman on TikTok. As you guys know, I've had a lot of fun on TikTok lately. The Discord community is on fire. Make sure you check that out. Yes. Evan, how are you today, man?
0: Doing good, man. Uh, it's a Sunday. I'm in the middle of moving. And so I'm getting like everything you know, like tightened up. It's the great purge. <laughs> it's right. when you move it's a great purge we're like eating all the stuff in the back of the freezer and we're trying to clean out all the cabinets so that we have less boxes to move and yeah. so my life feels like it's chaotic but sitting down at my desk and talking like this helps bring me back to like center my chi, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean?
1: Yeah, I bet you, man. Yeah, moving is crazy. My mom, my mother-in-law just moved next door here in Pacific Beach. So we're like two families now here, and god, moving is always such a like you said a purge moment, but it was really rough. We were like, "You might got to get rid of some of this stuff. This apartment's smaller than the last one, okay? You can't put all of this here." But she's like, "But I I'll throw it away later." I'm like, "Oh my god." So yeah, it's it's a whole thing when you figure it out. So, Evan, thank you so much for agreeing to like be here first off. Um, I love your content. I and I I, and I appreciate what you're doing for all of us out there. You know, so folks that don't know Evan, I'll give a quick little background. He's an entrepreneur, more or less, he's an inventor who became an entrepreneur. And on top of that, he's an educator more than anything. He's very well at explaining concepts that are seemingly difficult to the rest of us if we haven't been a part of it, especially if you're trying to, you know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur these days, right? But it's it's a it's the cool buzzword, but they don't understand like the what it takes, right? So the thing that I wanted to open up with was, a lot of people are on TikTok or on other applications. They see like, oh, here's a side hustle that you could do. Here's a quick way that you can make money. Here's something you can do. like, what in your mind, as someone who was quote unquote a hustler of of sorts, like trying to figure things out, and then you became into a business entrepreneur mindset. Like, what was the biggest difference between the two, from being that you know hustler mentality? to being a businessman? Like, what would you say that was like,
0: you know? Before and after Rich Dad Poor Dad. The the book? (laughs) Yep. My life before Rich Dad Poor Dad, my life after Rich Dad Poor Dad. Occasionally you come across books, occasionally you come across YouTube videos, or even movies sometimes. In rare cases it's conversations, but they put a clear like marker in your life. If you've ever edited video, you know what it's like to put a marker on the timeline. Yes. And rich dad, poor dad, reading that book was one of those markers for me. It was my life before and my life after because it was such profound like mm-hmm. knowledge and teaching. And so, um, the short answer to your question is is it's knowledge, man. Just learning, learning what you need to learn, learning the differences between a side hustle and a real business, mm-hmm. learning how to make it sustainable, learning how to make money the right way, um, learning how to pay your taxes. Like, there's just there's just so much shit I don't know. Sure, And that was yeah. like the beginning, the tip of the iceberg. And so it's special for me, it's special for me to talk about that.
1: Right. And I think it'd be good for us to maybe discuss that in more length as our conversation goes on. But I'm curious, like how we can also add some, you know, educational knowledge around, uh, you know, tell people a little bit about what it is you've created with, I think you call it Vanader Academy. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So I have Vanader Growth, which is, was... It was just kind of an arbitrary name, honestly, that we picked in the beginning, and it's become my my personal brand. Mm-hmm. I read up another book, uh, actually listened to it by Gary Vaynerchuk. I've listened to all of his books, and one of the things that he talks about is just putting yourself out there. Yes, you know, just put yourself out there, be your authentic self, and see if you know, um, and see what happens, and yeah. see what happens. So I started doing that, and I started talking about the things that I wanted to talk about, like business and entrepreneurship, and I realized that people actually cared about it. Wow. Yes. I didn't think they would. I thought it was boring stuff. And so I just kind of leaned into something that I really, really enjoy. So while I'm running our businesses, I'm also talking about the things that I'm learning while running those businesses.
1: Yeah. And then right now, tell us what your what your businesses are that you're running currently.
0: So the, I've been, dude, I've been doing stuff since I was a kid. You know what I mean? 12 years old, selling lemonade, you know, shuttling it back and forth on skateboards, <laughs> paying my buddies to go mix it up for me, and then taking more of the profits than them because they were the workers. Oh, like man. Burning CDs, like everything, man. I've done all kinds of stuff. I've worked from the age of 14 all the way up until now. And so I've had a lot of different learning experiences. Yeah. You grew up in California? Okay, got it. Perfect. Keep going. And so what are you up to these days? So what's What are the businesses? So like? when I first got hired at the fire department, I was... We wanted to commemorate that experience with a plaque because dude, getting hired at a fire department, that was like my boot camp. That was like my basic training, like teen week, grueling, a physical academy. It's not easy. Nope. And so once we finished that, we wanted to commemorate it with a plaque. And so I built this big Walnut eight, you know, for tower eight, which is what we uh, graduated as in the fire department. And um, I really wanted to wood burn our motto into it together in together out. And so I grabbed out like the soldering iron and I plugged it into the wall and I heated it up and I destroyed the whole piece. I wrecked it. And I was like, dude, I'm an artistic guy. Like, why can't I just simply wood burn this motto? It was getting stuck in the grain lines. It looked choppy. I didn't have a good stencil. It's like, there's gotta be a better way. So my wife and I, after watching some YouTube videos, we started experimenting with some, a few basic chemicals. And we created a way to wood burn using just heat and a marker. And so Mm. we invented the, uh, the scorch marker. And so Mm. it's a wood burning marker. You draw on wood with this marker, you apply heat and then it burns the wood only where you drew. That's cool. So what you're showing there with the piece of wood has been drawn
1: by this marker and then it's been heated and it creates that.
0: Wow. So like we just, we were trying to solve a problem, Mm. which brings us back to the core fundamentals of entrepreneurship. We were trying to solve a problem. We couldn't wood burn with stencils. And so we created a way that you could. And so I just kind of ran with this concept over the next couple of years and we turned this product into a company. And that company was what has allowed us to learn, most importantly. And secondly, it's given us the income we need to follow our passions and do whatever the hell we want to do, which is really cool. So that's one of our more successful inventions. And then I have two other ones that I'm bringing to market um, this year and I'm really excited about.
1: Well, staying on the similar topic, I'm curious. So, being an inventor, um, trying to create businesses out of it, I'm sure you failed many times, um, right? It's more times than you probably want to name. But I'm curious, like, what was the f- like thing that maybe changed or got to you that started to then make it work rather than it was a like,
0: conversation. Re- really, tell me more. So, what's interesting is is what I found. If I look back on my life, if you just say yes and go and do shit good things start to happen to you like if you can just have a good attitude about it like going and taking a job going out with friends going on a walk going on a drive moving you know checking this thing out like just going and being present in the world Mm -hmm. you start to pick up on things from people places and events and it's really neat and so while i was at the fire department i was working my ass off as a medic i was just on the ambulance right and i remember sitting at the kitchen table when firefighters come and change shifts Everyone gathers at the coffee table, like Mm -hmm. at the dining room table, has a cup of coffee. We do our pass down. And I was talking to one of these captains. His name was Josh Wilkins, Captain Wilkins. Shout out. Right? Dude, you have no idea how much he changed my life. He doesn't even have an idea. Even (laughs) though I've told him, he doesn't even know.
1: That's awesome.
0: And he was taught, he, what he did is he was a big outdoor guy. And so he took some paracord and he made a wrist watch band for an Apple watch. And it had an adjustable link in it. And he invented this thing. He tied it up and then he went to China and found a manufacturer that could do make a good prototype. And once they figured out what the prototype was, he ordered like 500 of them. Yeah. And he said, they show up at my house from China. I put them in baggies. I put a sticker on it. I ship them into Amazon. Amazon takes care of the orders, the shipping, the customer service, and the payments. Yeah. All I have to do is ship replacements occasionally and I'm making an extra eight grand a month. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like you don't have you're not smarter than me. Like, like I could do this too. And it was that conversation right there. I started picking his brain about Alibaba. I started picking his brain on the process. And so I took the very first version of Scorch Marker and did the exact same thing. I found someone in China to make me empty markers. And then I just listed them on Amazon. I didn't know anything about business. I didn't know any better.
1: Yeah. That's incredible. Well, you know, one thing that I might maybe want to open up on in, in this, somebody that's hearing this, right? You may you may go like, well, I don't really want to make a marker or Apple Watch Band. So you have to really ask yourself, like, what would be of interest to you? Like, for example, you were interested in trying to solve this problem of burning into the wood, right? Like etching into the wood. Is that what it's called? What's the technical name for it?
0: Wood burning wood or bur- pyrography. Wood burning.
1: Pyrography. I'm like, that's a like, new word for me. Uh- <laughs> Hierography. So you know the point being, you know Evan was interested in this, and then he figured out how to go further with it. I think a lot of times people see something like, "Oh man, I can invest in real estate and make like you know cash flow." But it's like, do you give a shit about like dealing with uh, you know all the legal bullshit associated with all that? Do you care about you know how much headache is going to be to deal with tenants and you know lawsuits and repairs and contractors? Or like, you know, let's see, what else do you see that's popular on TikTok these days? Drop shipping. it's, I mean, that's been like overplayed, but people still pushing it like hardcore. Like, do you want to deal with that? Do you want to deal with the headaches of integrating all that? The, so the point I'm trying to make is, right, just because I think I told you this before, it's like, just because something seems simple and you're thinking you're going to make money, it doesn't mean it's easy. But I think what makes it a little bit more digestible is if you're genuinely curious and interested in it. Well, no, right? no,
0: I would 100% agree. Cause dude, it, it's hard as fuck to yeah. build a business and to make some serious money. Like it's really hard because you reach certain levels and you can't go past that level until you learn more hmm. and you have to be willing to learn more to get up to the next level. It's like leveling up every time you learn some new shit. And so there will be bad days. I have them all the time. I had one this week where I was just like, man, I don't want to fucking do this today. Hmm. Over it. I just want to sleep. I just want to sleep. I just want to chill out. I want to turn my brain off. Like I just can't do it. Yeah. And, um, the good news is, is that those days aren't, don't happen very often, but when it's something that you actually give a shit about, it makes it easier to get through the hard days. Yeah. So that's why I agree with you. It's, dude, yeah. The get-rich-quick schemes too on Instagram that we see or on social media and that hey, just drop ship to Amazon, or hey, all you gotta do is buy this and you can make it work. And
1: I've got a quick favor to ask of you. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could take one minute of your time and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way and I'd really, really, really appreciate it. If you've already done that, thank you again. Please share this episode with someone you know, a friend or family member, download the episode or share the link, whatever works for you. Now let's get back to it.
0: It doesn't work always. It's no. hard. It's There's more to it. Um, and uh, Yeah. Mimi knows a lot about that. She's yeah. experimented in that oh, space. and She's been successful, yeah. but I, but it wasn't right overnight.
1: No, she, oh, well, it was really funny. Cause when we're talking about my wife, by the way, Mimi, she looked into drop shipping for the whole, like last year and a half, she's been just, just going through all the different ways that, you know, you could try to make money. And when we did try the drop shipping thing and, we were sitting at a restaurant, all of a sudden she got like four orders and we're like, wait, we just made money while we're getting drinks. This is crazy. You're paying for the drinks today. And then you realize like, oh, and then COVID happened. You're like, shit, how are we going to ship all this? Like all the complexities of dropshipping just got way worse as soon as like COVID hit. So we're like, well, this business is going down South quickly. (laughs) Let's figure out something else. Um, But anyway, like my point is, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not interested in it, and you're not curious, it's just going to be very hard to keep going. And then the one thing you mentioned very <clears throat> interestingly, which is that you have to learn continuously. And a topic that I was curious to talk to you about was how you've been able to continuously learn and you know just how to learn in general, which most of us don't really know, I would say, especially if, if you're you know under 25 years old, school has been weird, you've been over Zoom, right? Which, okay, fine, it's not the best, but there's so much out there that's on the internet with videos and courses, and you know your academy as well that's offering like more concentrated information. I'm curious, like what what that trajectory has been like for you. Is there anything you could offer to the listeners around you know how you've begun the learning path and what helped you to, to be better at learning? I suppose
0: you play video games, Zabinov.
1: Do I play video games? Not so much. I, the last time I played video games was before high school. I played a lot of Grand Theft Auto.
0: Okay, so you get it. Yeah, I get it. I, you understand it. Um, look, I played a lot of video games growing up as a kid. Yeah, played a lot of uh, online MMOs, RPGs, like first-person shooters. And it was something that I really fell in love with, man. I really love video games. I still do to this day. I played a lot of video games growing up. And it was something that was really near and dear to my heart. So when I'm learning nowadays, I literally like feel like I'm unlocking different parts of my skill tree. Like I can level up my character being me. You know, I spent a lot of time leveling up my characters, investing in myself and being the best I could be on an online video game. So why the fuck can't I do that in real life? That's Mm -hmm. the only difference between us and like the people who run shit is that they just know different things. They just have a bigger skill tree. They've just unlocked more skills and that's it. So they started out, you know, a little bit higher up with some more skills, you know, fair enough. They paid to play. We started down here. And so we have a little bit of a gap to make up, but we can do it. And we can do it. And so every time I listen to an audiobook, every time I go through a video course, every time I learn something new, like I, I get that sense of empowerment. Like I just unlocked another area of my life and yeah. I know more and I can use it more. And it feels good because it directly translates into dollars, knowledge, relationships. Uh, it has a profound effect on my life. So man, dude, if you look at it as a skill tree and unlocking stuff, it, it can work. It can work.
1: That's fascinating. I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about it that way with video games, you know? That's, yeah, that is something different because when video games are so popular today and we kind of have always demonized them as like, oh, it's a waste of time, what are you doing? But like, dude, you can learn and apply that same thing in in your regular life, which is, what are we all doing here? We're all playing the game of life, I suppose. Evan, we were talking about learning. And you mentioned to mm-hmm. me something very fascinating which is that video games were actually an avenue for you to level up your real life because you understood that mm-hmm. just because you can learn these skills mm-hmm. in the game doesn't mean you can't do this in real life and that's such an unlock yep. for anybody listening here who's into gaming and seems to like look at that as a maybe even an addictive hobby like let's find the positive in that how can we play that character or that style of character in real life so tell me how mm-hmm. Like how much of that is still in your uh, repertoire? How did you start with that? Like tell me like kind of the bite sized steps maybe that you took in the beginning. Sure. Like I remember, remember you talking about audiobooks a little bit, like maybe a few things yeah. like that.
0: Like how you so when that. I first started playing video games, it was final fantasy 11 and it came out in around the year 2000. Mm-hmm. And so that was a while ago. That's 20 plus years ago, That's but amazing. it was the first like final fantasy, like online MM massively multiplayer online RPG. So you know there's no no saving, there's no restarts. You just is. It's just like life. You progress through it. And in each of those games, just like World of Warcraft, just like Final Fantasy XI, they have in-game economies. They have auction houses. And that's where I started in business, to be honest with you. I started figuring out how to create currency or create money by providing value, by going and farming these items and selling it on the auction house, by learning enough skills to craft these items to sell it on the auction house for profit. Mm-hmm. And I would make in-game money. And then I'm like, shit, man, I really wish an auction house existed in real life. Like, that would be fucking cool. Learn how to make things, sell them in real life to people for money. And I'm like, holy shit, it does. It's eBay, it's Amazon. Like, it's it's a real thing. Little bit different rules, but exactly the same concept. And so I took a lot of the things that I loved and a lot of things that I learned from playing online games and just copy and pasted it over into real life. And so I'm like, all right, what do I need to learn to be able to execute this in real life? And that's when I started picking up books and I started reading more and I started asking questions and I started trying to figure things out so that I could unlock those skills.
1: (laughs) That's awesome, man. Like I've never heard anybody talk about it that way, but that's so liberating for everybody that is a gamer who doesn't really see like how that applies, especially if your parents tell you, hey, you're wasting your time on the games.
0: <laughs> you have an avenue right now. I've never told my kids that. <laughs> Dude, esports esports is more popular than regular sports. I would say so. It is. Yeah. It's just more popular now. There's more viewers. Like they they have more attention. They have more viewers and it's just Dude, it's a very viable option now. It's a very viable option to become um, an esports athlete. It's a very viable option to become a streamer or a YouTuber or a content creator or just an expert in your specific field. Like you can go down the educational route of Minecraft and teach people how to build, or you can create your own worlds and tell stories and just be a storyteller. Both of those are successful in their own unique ways. And so literally all you have to do is figure out what you want. Not to mention with NFTs, And the cryptocurrency space and decentralized virtual worlds, within our lifetime, within the next 10 years, we will be able to log into a video game, farm up, kill some monsters in a game, and sell that loot for real, tangible dollars that Mm -hmm. we can go and buy food with on DoorDash. Like This is happening. And so, more than ever, those skills are going to be needed and required. So, if it is something that you love, like say you are super into World of Warcraft. Like, just turn on a fucking camera and start streaming and talking while you're playing. Like, just try it. Yeah, you know just know try I mean? it. And I you never know. Just try I, I'm so of that
1: same sentiment because like people ask me about like, oh, I want to do a podcast, but I have no idea how. I'm like, just just make your first episode. Just put it out there and don't record one ever again. Just, to, just so you can see that you've did, done one. And so now you know what it's like.
0: That's exactly what I tell people when it comes to YouTube. Um, I remember I was taking a, a YouTube course with from Meet Kevin because he's one of the better YouTubers that I watch. And I paid $250 for his YouTube course. Mm-hmm. And in, the, and in like the first module, we made our first YouTube video together and nice. we posted it. And he's like, there you go. That's your first video. It's never going to get worse.
1: <laughs>
0: you got the worst one out of the way. Let's go. And I was like, okay, all right. I respect that.
1: That's awesome, <laughs> man. Um, one of the things that I, I was really curious to like get your take on, especially since we're both on TikTok and we have, I think, you is that the place you would say you have the largest audience right now? Yes. Yeah. So, and you've been only at TikTok for about seven months, so mm-hmm. that's fantastic to see. I think you're—I don't know the exact numbers, but over half a million people follow you now, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of you know engagement around this business content and just the education that you're giving out. One of the things that I constantly get asked on my channel, which has more been recently focused on this this idea I had of like, hey, you know, a lot of kids, uh, young adults, are consuming weed today. And or other taking other psychedelics or taking just other stimulants, you know, even like a lot of pre-workout or like caffeine, energy drinks, watching too much porn, too much weed, whatever it is, right? They're like super stimulated, overstimulated to a point where now the real life that they live in is just boring as hell. Like they're like, you know, nothing excites me anymore. I, all I want to do is get high and like check out because like what else is better? You know, I don't know if people like that come to you. But I'm curious to hear, like, uh, let's like unfold on this a little bit. I'm curious to hear, like, what your thoughts are mm-hmm. on this, and if you've seen any of this um, as well.
0: It's a lot to unpack there because there's a lot of different aspects of this. Yeah, yeah. We have the instant gratification, the age of instant gratification, where you can swipe your thumb upwards and get hit with a new rush of dopamine based on what you're seeing. Yes. Um, you can press a couple of buttons on your phone, and things will show up within a couple of hours. Um, you know, you can you can get instant gratification through this window in this virtual world that you're living in. And then when you take away that window and you take away that power, and then you're left with yourself in just an analog world, right? You're just kind of like, okay, where's the instant gratification? Yeah. And in the analog world, it has to come from in here. It doesn't come from in a window. Mm-hmm. And so there's two different realities we're almost dealing with. In a sense, like you have your online reality and then you have your in-person reality. And the lines are getting blurred because, you know, people are growing up with both. Yeah. And one is clearly more fun than the other. It's hard, man. It's hard. So where do you start? Where do you start? Well, where should we start? Where should we start talking about? You want to talk about the digital world or the analog world?
1: Well, I think one thing we should also clarify is because we have both, they're not mutually exclusive as as much as we would like them to be because when you walk away from your phone or you're not looking at it you're still thinking about the things that are going on in that world right yes. so they're still yes. living with you in your thought process in your day to day you're like thinking about like oh man what is this person going to say i feel like we have grown in our self uh self-conscious behavior like we won't do things because we want to be perceived a certain way it's almost mm-hmm. like you start to take a picture and you're like, ah, man, that angle makes me look bad. People aren't gonna like this or that or the other thing versus like, why is that dialogue even there in the first place?
0: That's a good point that you brought up. Why is that dialogue there? Why are we comparing our insides to other people's outsides? Why do we care so much about the vanity metrics? Why do we care so much about followers and likes? You can't eat them, you can't wear them, you can't put them in your bank account. Like, what are you gonna do with all these followers and these likes, right? Besides feel good, right? Mm -hmm. To give you that dopamine, right? And what happens when they're not there? Yeah. My wife and I were on a walk last night and we were talking about this, the followers versus the likes and getting caught up in that rush because it feels good. And we all know it feels good to have attention, but what happens when it's not there? Yeah. So my point is, is that if you listen to the vanity metrics and you let them feel good, you also have to let them make you feel bad. If you listen to the the, the good praise, oh, you're so great. Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you're so beautiful. You know, you're so handsome, blah, blah, blah. You have to listen to the haters too. Yes. And so I've adopted um, kind of more or less blinders that I've put on. And this comes from Gary V. Quality of content is completely subjective. We have no idea what you're going to like versus what I'm going to like. Maybe the video that I spent six hours making, um, I think is amazing, but you're going to swipe right past it because you don't give a shit. Yeah. So then it becomes... Okay, if quality is subjective and we can't bank on quality, we have to go with quantity. And if you're going to do quantity, you can't take the perfect selfie every time and put out massive amounts of content. You have to do something that you love, something that you genuinely like. That's the only way to put out quantity, to give people a chance to find you for what you do. And so that's how I handle that situation. But I understand that a lot of people don't handle it that way. And so, I don't know, maybe... I don't know, man. What do you think, Abanov? What do you do?
1: Well, it's very interesting because for me, I've been trying to, let's just say, a part of me wanted to be famous for, for a long time because sure. I felt like I wanted to, you know, give the value that I've had. When I when I got into bodybuilding and I started actually getting somewhere with it, I was shocked at when I would just post like, I didn't think anything of it. I would just post like back in the day on Facebook, like, hey, uh, man, this is just a grueling workout and I would just post myself like, you know, doing my thing and it, it would motivate people that I knew back home in India, like that's where I'm from, to actually, yeah, to like start. Were you born there? Yes, I was born there. Yeah, yeah. How long, how, how to what age? So I moved here in 2002. I think I was about, about 10 years old or nine or 10 years old.
0: Yeah. What part of India?
1: I'm from New Delhi, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So when I came here, it was really like weird because I had, lost like I guess lost all my friends right and didn't mm-hmm. know anything mm-hmm. his parents immigrated we came here because of my my brother as well my older brother he's uh disabled he has um uh, I, I guess it's a disease you could call it it's, it's called muscular dystrophy but we don't know if exactly mm. that Where basically he is not able to hold contractions in his muscles so he can't walk um, for long periods of time um and we also just felt that he'd have a better quality of life here because everything is accessible so mm-hmm. fam my dad you know sold off his business and everything just Packed everything nah. up, and we so we just moved here and became immigrants that were like my, my dad started working at a gas station, all like just starting no from the shit. bottom.
0: Yeah. What's he doing now?
1: He's retired. Um, he, my my parents are retired. Uh, well, my mom still works; she's a nurse. Um, and uh-huh. that was that was it. Like we basically had a lush life in India, and we closed shop, came here, started at the bottom. And you know, my parents aren't like 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 super rich or wealthy or anything, but you know, they're doing good. They're healthy. Yeah, everybody survived COVID. My grandma's still with us, which is cool. So, you know, life's good. But the reason I was saying all this, um, I suppose, is back, That's you know. interesting, dude. Yeah, well, I'd love to tell you more if there's any part that sounds good to you. But more of it was like, I th- I was shocked that what I was doing at a small scale was inspiring somebody else across the seas that I don't see, that I don't hear from as much to do something better for themselves. The reason I got into mm-hmm. health and fitness is because a lot of my family... Has had health issues, right? And some of it's self-induced, some of it's diet-based, some of it's just stress-based, and all these things. So when I was growing up, um, you know, my house was was definitely you know like it was it was hard at times. It was definitely hard. And when I got to an age where I was like, okay, I want to take care of my health, so that way mm-hmm. my family has a better chance of you know, you know, whatever I do, they'll 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 benefit from me being healthy rather than me being kind of stressed out and and you know out of shape and all that perpetual loop. Like I really saw what it, what it does because I seen it in my own house and Mm -hmm. I wanted to break the pattern rather than anything. So when I got into this working out life, I thought, okay, this is giving me something that's very critical and not talked about at the time. Like this is early, you know, late two thousands. People weren't really like all, all about like, Hey, let's go to the gym and all like there was a gym culture, but it wasn't like on social media. This is right. before like fitness fam and like IG fitness yeah. and all this stuff that popped off. <laughs> yeah. Like this is, you know, way before this is before that. CrossFit, man. it's way before CrossFit for sure. Um <laughs> so like I was like I always felt like I'm I'm onto something and 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 not not a lot of my friends worked out in like high school and stuff. Like they didn't know, except for the people that were in football and all. So I was like, what is up with that? Like, am I weird? But I also was, you know, I was bullied. Um, I was always kind of fucked with cause I was different and I'm an mm-hmm. outspoken guy. So I would speak my mind. I don't give a shit if you want to beat me up. Like you, you mm-hmm. can't stop this no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what's my mm-hmm. attitude. Mm-hmm. And that got me into trouble a lot, but it's fine. Like that's, that's how I always was. But when I f- discovered working out and I actually started noticing, like I would do like dips on the side of my bed frame for like for 50 days, I could do I think I started with like not being able to do more than 10 dips. And by the end of 30 days, I was able to do 50 dips on nice. the side of my bed frame and Progress. my triceps was starting to pop up. And you were like, and then the people were like, what the fuck did you guys do? Like, what is he up to? And that's when I was like, wait a second, what I'm doing is working and it's inspiring other people. So I got really addicted to that process. I was like, <sighs> I got to yes. do this more. I want to, I want to like really get in shape. And then I met a former bodybuilder who really kind of saw a vision. He was like, you have like, you know, have good insertions. I can see that you can, you know, this and that. And I'm like, I don't know what this old man's talking about, but maybe I'll I'll listen. And mm-hmm. he gave me mm-hmm. like a, a workout regimen, like to kind of structure my, my routine for five days of the week or six days of the week. And I followed it mm-hmm. and started to see results. Saw the same people coming in and out of the gym, looking the same year after year. And I kept looking different every year. And um, that just really got me hooked. And, and the reason I guess this whole rant is about, and why I talk a lot about fitness is, that moment in my life where I felt very uncertain and I was you know, in my teens, I didn't know what, what I would do in the future, what career I would go to, but I right. realized that if I was just taking care of my health, it was almost like a, un, I didn't know, it was almost like a meditation. I had never even heard of the word meditation then, but it mm-hmm. almost became a daily ritual You know, I was very religious about it. And it's like self-care almost. Yeah. Like before we use the words like self-love and self-care, like this is exactly what it was. And it was very rewarding going back to the slow burn reward. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Like, cause you don't get a body in the day. You don't eat one salad and you're healthy. You don't get fat with one burger either. So like, keep that in mind as well. Like some people guilt and shame themselves for eating and and like indulging. It's like, it's never going to be one meal. It's going to be a series of bad habits or a series of good habits, right? Like they say like mm-hmm. proper preparation prevents poor performance. It's a very important phrase that I learned when when I was in bodybuilding, right? Like you keep yourself yep. prepared with your food and then you won't eat shit. Like if you're, you don't have food ready, you're gonna eat shit. Like yep. little things you're that You're gonna we want don't, that convenience. Yes, convenience is, I mean, there's a convenience store right next to me. Like I could go in there, buy a bag of chips and, and an energy drink and I'm good. Like you'll be full. But it's not going to do any good to my stomach. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I feel like these things weren't talked about as much because I grew up in my house and it's full of snacks. it was It was an incredible thing for an immigrant family to come here and to be able to be able to, like buy an abundance of food, not necessarily that it's all good for you, not necessarily that mm-hmm. it's all good to eat. but mm-hmm. like, I don't even know if my parents necessarily knew this stuff as well as mm-hmm. we do today. And so right. I think it's super important today to, like going back to the topic of physical world and our like technological world, it's like, you have to take care of your physical health. Yes. Whatever that means to you. Like you don't have to be a bodybuilder. Like I want it to be, but you have to do, do something like whether pick an activity you like, you know, if you like running, biking, what do you like to do?
0: Dude. Oh my gosh, dude, you said it. You said it well, you have to take care of the body that we have. Cause we only have one, it's even in people. ready player one, like even in that movie where the, the guys living in a VR world, He still takes the time to exercise the body that he has because that's what keeps him alive. Um, But literally, literally, the raw materials for our cells is the food that we eat. So you want to build with cardboard and popsicle sticks and bubble gum or do you want to build with like high quality ingredients? Yeah. Dude, that that had a profound effect on me. But no, I I respect what you're saying, dude, because having a good physique and being healthy – you can't buy it, you can't steal it, you can't take it, you can't get it overnight, like you can't cheat your way into it. The only way that you can get um, a healthy body is by putting in the work. It's only yeah. one
1: way. There's only one way. And if you guys want, that are listening want to know the real come up, you can walk by the richest guy in the fucking Ferrari or the Maserati. And if you're swole as shit, he's looking at you more than you're looking at him. I Straight used up, to get dude. head turns in every room I walked into because I was jacked as shit. And people would be like, who the fuck is this small guy? Why is he so big? I want to take another quick moment to thank our sponsors, Podcast Backdrops. If you do any kind of video content or pictures online or you're doing any sort of selling over Zoom calls, you really need to check them out because it will make you look professional from the get-go. Having your brand, your logo, and what you're all about behind you hiding all your clutter makes you look so much more professional when you put yourself out there on the internet. So check out Podcast Backdrops if you want to level up your game and Mm -hmm. and like literally like guys would be like staring me down like girls would would be like but like guys would be like the fuck how's this guy so ripped like yep you want to you want to create a sense of competitiveness in yourself like this is this is one of the like the i've never really talked about this publicly but it's it's something that really built a huge ego in me because at the time i was very insecure and i needed one uh Mm -hmm. to get through some of the hard things and now like the last five years has been like Trying to deal with ego and figure out what do I do with this shit? Like, how do, yeah. how do, how
0: do you how, get rid of it? How do I, how do I figure
1: this shit out? <laughs> yeah. That's where all the mental health stuff has come into play. Why yes. I talk about anxiety and meditation and how you can get depressed if you think too much about, you know, negative shit. Because I went from being like an Adonis God, Mr. West Coast bodybuilding champion, to like working overstressed and then like like getting diagnosed with like being uh, you know, hypertension and like borderline diabetic and like now being fat I and mean, be like, fuck, this is what I wanted to avoid. Avoid. How did I get to Mm -hmm. this place? You know, so I've seen both extremes of it. And now Mm -hmm. I'm like more of a, like the homeostasis language, right? Like balancing your equation, figure out what is the right place for you to be. Like, I'm not trying to like chase a trophy and I'm not trying to like be a fat, lazy slob. I want to be somewhere in the middle where I'm happy, I'm healthy, and I feel good for the most part of the day. Nobody feels fucking great always. If anybody tells you that, they're full of shit and you shouldn't listen to that. You should focus on how you feel. More, more than anything, like, do I feel like I, I'm in a good place? Not necessarily like, do I feel like 10 out of 10, but do I feel in a good place? And if you feel yeah. in a good place, more good shit happens, I feel. And, you know, I know we're on like a, a good rant right now, but I wonder if there's anything else we can add to this message of people that tell me, like, especially on TikTok, I think I was t- telling you this, I'll read it out quickly. I get these types of comments more frequently than I want us here like that people feel stuck that they don't know what to do with their life they feel lost they want to still make money but they don't have a passion they don't have a clue what to do they've you know they smoke too much weed they spend too much money on weed they keep getting high but then start Mm -hmm. to get anxious when they're high and then and then they're like which what do I do like I don't even know where to start this is where you start like start by taking care of your body like just Mm -hmm. Simply, if you don't, if you're not a spiritual person, you don't, you know, whatever. Like if you can st- tolerate some of the spiritual stuff, like, or if you're curious to like find out what your existence is all about, then, then go down that route too. But start with your body, start with like, okay, is, do I have to drink an energy drink every single day to feel okay? Like that's probably not good.
0: Well, once you get to homeostasis, like you're talking, once you get to balance and your body is like, cause our homeostasis is. Um, equality within ourselves, right? We yeah. have um, minerals and nutrients, you know um, magnesium and calcium and and water and they all are in a constant struggle in our body to maintain this even level. Yeah. Everything wants to get in homeostasis and when you're there, your body knows what it needs. It's like, hey, I'm hungry. okay, it's t- it's time to eat. let me go grab one of those meals I prepped because I want to continue to put healthy shit in or it's like, hey, I need sleep. You, it's really weird, but when you're at homeostasis, your body tells you what you need. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. But let's, let's circle back to some of the stuff that you were talking about. Cannabis. Um, these are powerful medicines, man. Yes. Cannabis, psychedelics, you know, all these other things that we hear people talking about so jovially and just so carefree nowadays. Yeah. Um, so powerful, powerful medicines. And these are medicines that you can use under the careful direction of, a, of an expert or someone who knows how to use them to really learn and unlock things. But if you go into it, just like a bull in a china shop and just trying to do what you want to do to try and get a result, it's, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope, whether it's cannabis or whether it's anything else. And so some medicines you can use to to learn more about yourself from. Some medicines are really, really powerful and can be used and have great, great good. But um, other medicines, you know, I look at you, like for cannabis, for example, we talked about this before. Mm. I would use it to feel even better. Even better. better. That's the key. Yeah. Use it to feel even better, not better. Like I remember hearing that. um, And you know where that quote comes from? Tell me. Legally Blonde. Really? (laughs) Yup. Straight up. My daughter um, loves that movie. My whole family loves that movie, dude. (laughs) so good. And I remember she's really sad sitting in a restaurant. Someone yeah. says, hey, do you want a drink? She said, no. My dad told me that you only drink to feel even better, not better. And I was Ooh. like, oh my God, that shit stuck with me, dude. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. I thought you might like to know where it come from. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm about to watch that movie now just because of that plug. <laughs> it's a great movie, man. I, I watched it last week. My son loves it. Oh, um, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was super you're, cool. But You're absolutely right. Keep going. My point is is that um there's a balance you can find. And if you continuously repeat the same thing over and over again, expecting to get a different result, it's never gonna happen. And a majority of the time, what happens, what I've seen with people like that, where they're like, Oh, I'm stuck, I don't have any passions, I don't know what to do. Chances are is their life is being paid for by somebody, parents Truth. or significant other. Right. So you're not truly in control of your life. And, you know, if you really want to, just stop taking the money. Yes. And then you're taking the money, get the fuck out, go live your life. You'll figure shit out, but you're never going to learn unless you get out and you go try stuff. You have to try different jobs. You have to try different experiences. You have to work with people. You have to walk around. You have to have conversations. The only way you're going to be able to figure out what you want to do in life is by trying different things. Bro, I've had like 30 different jobs. Some people see that as a negative. I see it as a positive because because I know what I like and I know what I don't like.
1: Yes. And to stay on that, I've said this very recently, which hit with people was, if you can get to a place where you are good at something and you like it, you're killing it. You don't need to go chase mm. other shit. I know people mm-hmm. always want to like broaden their horizons and all, but like finding that place where you love it, you like your, and you're good at doing it. A lot of times, like I want to, I want to be like a great, you know, I don't know, basketball player, but I'm like five mm-hmm. foot, five and a half with shoes mm-hmm. on. Like, I'm not going to be able to mm-hmm. dunk. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I no matter hate. how much I try and I love the game, I'm not going to be that good at it. So it's like mm-hmm. being real with yourself, have the, have that self awareness. But if you can find that balance, like for me, bodybuilding was like ideal. I'm like I'm a sh- I'm a short guy. I looked up a ton of short bodybuilders like Lee Priest, you know, and I was like, mm-hmm. dude, we're the same height. And I looked up like I met several of these guys. I'm like, we're the same height. How are you so big? I can get big too. Like I don't need to, you know. So figuring mm-hmm. out and then it, oh, it works for me. So I can go down deeper into this rabbit hole. Like finding that specific thing that you, you know you could be good at, and the only way you like you said, thirty jobs it took for you to figure out all the things that you know you're you like and you don't like. Then that's what it took. Like you're still mm-hmm. so damn young, right? Like you, me and you both, so young, dude. We still so have young. so much. We're probably gonna live to a hundred. We're probably gonna make content Easy. until we're hundred, and it's Easy. gonna be it's gonna be awesome to listen back to this. And, yep. and like, you know. So I think for everybody listening to this, you you have to keep that in mind. Like there's really no other way around it. I know we like to hypothesize and get lost in the thought loop of like, this can happen and that can happen, especially when you smoke weed. You could get like, I say it's like the gain is turned up to 12 and you're just mm-hmm. way, you have like parallel threaded thinking process and now you can vividly imagine and all that. And it's almost like you you've now put on VR glasses into your thought processing engine. And now when that you take that off and you look at your real life, like shit, man, I'm not doing none of that. And the way I trick some of them is like, well, think of that as you've gotten a glimpse about the future now. What if you took that and then applied it to your current life and figured out a way to get some of those things that you've seen a vision of now? Because you saw that you could be whatever it is that you want it to be. You've vividly now experienced it. You know, like what would it feel like if I had a billion dollars? If you can really sit and feel with it, like that's what it's going to feel like when you have a billion dollars, it's not going to be different. You know, because mm-hmm. I do a lot of visualization,
0: a lot of manifestation. Yeah, I do a lot of meditation. Well, meditation for me is Wim Hof. I do Wim Hof breathing. Yeah, it's, that's great. I'm a huge fan. I do it every single day. I've been doing it for about a year now. About, and it's huge, huge. Yeah.
1: I picked up this but, uh, kriya called Inner Engineering. Uh, is the program I picked up this practice from uh, Sadhguru. I don't know if you know the guy. Um, he's he's really big right now. Uh, Indian mystic yogi probably a real yogi, not like a Lululemon yogi, right? So uh, so he, he taught me this thing about four years ago and it's really changed my life. This is when I was very depressed and I felt like some of the things that these young adults have been telling me, but at that time I was already successful in a career, already making a lot of money and still felt like that. And I was smoking a whole lot of weed. So I've realized like, okay, this has unlocked parts of me that maybe it's like I've seen behind the curtain now. And now I really can't come back from it unless I actually make real changes you know, to make myself feel better again. And Mm -hmm. that was, a lot of that was like, okay, meditation was a good foundation to start practicing every day. Because even at that time, I was not interested in working out. I couldn't get myself to go work out. So the other thing that people don't remember, realize is if you don't, you know, working out is a very physical activity. You gotta do it. You gotta move your body, you gotta do stuff. But if you can do a meditation, something that you can sit still or, you know, actively meditating is the whole thing too, but sitting still, when you don't feel like doing shit, when you're just laying in your bed and you're sulking and you can still figure out a mechanism to change your state, there, there's so much power in that. like you don't mm-hmm. have to go outside to do anything. I recommend mm-hmm. it highly recommend it that you go outside when you feel like that. But it was it was have somebody that was clinically like diagnosed as depressed and all and I didn't want to take antidepressants because I've said to myself, I put myself in this position. I'm gonna get myself out of it straight and, up. And in those positions, I realized that I have to find ways that I can practice getting myself out of this without having to do anything. Like my mind was so like cutting all the shit down. So it's like, oh, well, so that means I always have to do this. like, no, like
0: what else can we do? You know, like everything would be like, dude, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's it's like it's like learning a, a habit. You learn how to meditate, and now you have a new tool that you can use when you need to use it. Yeah. And invariably, what happens is you find out like, oh, I like this. I like the calm state of presence that I'm in. I like being in the moment, so I'm going to do this a little more often. Yeah. It's just like learning how to lift weights properly. Like, oh, I can see the results. You know, it's not like you have to do it every day, but you now you know how to get what you want. Yes. And a lot of people don't know how to get what they want. They don't even know the questions to ask. Yes. You know. And that in and of itself is a whole quest. And so you can see that there's layers on layers on layers of things that you can learn to live a better life. But you just have to start somewhere. You literally just have to start anywhere. Start with bodybuilding. Start working out. Start with good nutrition. Start with meditation. You know, start with not using cannabis. Start with going outside and going on walks. Like, what do you want to do? You just pull a thread and you just keep going down it. But the important thing is, is to take contrary action and start because you, we can think about going to the gym all day, but we're never going to change. not going to do anything. <laughs> not going to do anything.
1: Well, uh, off, off air, we did talk a little bit about, you know, you, you use cannabis as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious if there's anything from your use of it. Have you learned um, kind of like a way of, of balancing that out or, or like rewarding yourself with it? You know, whatever it is that you could share, because I know a lot of people listening to this are trying to either quit or slow down their weed habit so they could be better. So I'd love to hear your take on that.
0: I'm better when I'm not under the influence of anything. I just am. Um, my my brain fires faster, it works better. My personality is completely present. And I feel that when you know, when you take a hit of cannabis or something, for example, um, and you're under the influence, it puts like this foggy focus mm-hmm. in your mind where only the a direct thing in front of you. You get locked in with those alpha brain waves, right? You get locked. It puts a foggy focus. It wraps you up, and it's like no, 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 just stay right here, right? We're not going to do anything different, right? You're going to get stoned into this state of looking straight ahead. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) it's funny because it removes a lot of what makes you you in the process. And I'm not, I'm definitely not myself and I can't do the things that I, 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 how do I want to put this? I always lose my trains of thought.
1: Well, I would. I, I think know, what you're trying to say is time. you're no longer Evan. Up. You're more mm-hmm. of like this entity that's like in this high state and you don't have access to certain parts of your personality or your Thank ego you. or whatever it is. Because I mean, that's I, I, I can resonate with that 100%. Like there's a degree where that's a necessary state to be in to reflect, to see like, oh, now if I'm not in this suit of Evan or Abanov, like what am I? And what are Mm. these states that I like get into as a as a person, you know? But if you're in that state all the time, you don't see the difference. Like if you're always high, you don't know what you're like when you're not high, right? Exactly. It
0: puts you you in like a perpetual state of like fogginess. And when you're there, like you don't, you don't learn, you can't retain the new information, you can't be yourself, you can't deal with those feelings that you're masking. Because like you can get high and that will mask those feelings that you have. It will put a, a damper on what's going on. You're going to have to deal with it eventually. Yeah. No matter what happens when it wears off, you're going to have to, it's going to be there right there for you, for you to deal with. You can take another hit and it can go away again. You suppress it, but yeah. you're, eventually you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to pull the band-aid off and just do it and just be okay with yourself and being okay, being alone, you know, being okay with me and figuring out who I was, was the best best question that I was able to ask myself, you know, over the last couple of years, like, who the fuck am I? Why am I doing what am I? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And, you know, who am I? This you was know, These were the big questions
1: out. that like some of this higher doses of cannabis in, it, like sparked for me, like, who am I? What am I doing here? What should I be doing here? What's mm-hmm. my purpose of existence? You know, like mm-hmm. these, like I got really deep into philosophy and psychology just because I was like trying to find answers. So for years, like I was just listening to, like you said, audiobooks and you know, I couldn't mm-hmm. read for shit. So listening to a lot of content was helpful. Yeah. And then I started to read it, uh, you know, and get into reading more. Um, and yeah, like go into it. Like if you get anxious, go into studying anxiety. If you get like depressed, like l- like learn about it. Figure out, there's plenty of literature and people have put a lot of good stuff out there. Like go into what it is you're experiencing rather than trying to run away from it, right? And then you will find a way out, like at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And and I think with with weed, it's really... It's really come to a conclusion for me, which is you can get high on anything you want. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what are you going to do about it? Like you can go get the biggest insight in the world. Go get ayahuasca out. Go get DMT out. Go do whatever the fuck you want to do. But at the end of the day, when you come back from that high, what are you going to do about it? That's well the said, because
0: those things are not going to fix you. They will only reveal truths about your problems. That's it. They will tell you the truth. They will help you find out like what's wrong and what's going on inside, but they won't give you answers and solutions and fix it. So now you'll know the problem. Fuck. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do, man? Right. <laughs> and there's so many things that you can do. There's so many ways to live a healthy life, whether it's just mentally, spiritually, physically, and it's a it's an exciting rabbit hole to go down, but what I found, and I distill it all down to to two things for me, really, um, because you know it's it's confusing, it's existential, it's a little weird to grasp. So I'm like, okay, what what two things can I chase after to get me to where I want to go? And those two things are meaningful relationships and meaningful work. Mm, That's it. it. Love it. Because when you get to a certain point, there's certain things that money can't buy. You just can't buy meaningful relationships and you can't buy meaningful work. And I found that after studying people like Ray Dalio and all the other people who have made a lot of money and really written about and articulated their thoughts about it, they're like, man, like money only gets you so far. It's meaningful relationships and meaningful work. It's good conversations and good food with people that you love. And so that's what I chase after. And so um, I found that whenever I'm in a place of weirdness or or I'm lost, I'm like, okay, am I pursuing meaningful relationships and meaningful work? If the answer is no, then I'm like, oh, okay, let me swap here.
1: Yeah, man, we're so much on that same page. I love that. You said it Mm -hmm. really well. You know, I've had a great conversation with you, but I don't want to close before asking you if there's extra topics that we should maybe get into before wrapping up. I know we i had maybe thought about asking you about like sort of the specifics of the business program that you've put together because you've pretty much distilled down for anyone that's trying to start a business all the nonsense that they're going to run into and how to f- get on a focused track that will get you to a point where you can now operate your business and then focus on the important things right so um, well i'm curious if you can maybe share a little bit more about what those are, maybe high level. And of course, we're going to link everything in our, in our show notes, you guys. So if you're interested in, you know, joining, um, uh, Evans Academy here of business content, you should definitely check that out, but maybe you could give a little bit of that for the, for the listeners. So
0: An interesting thing happened when I started putting myself out there on social media. Cause I was afraid, dude, I had like crooked teeth and like, I didn't know what, how to, like how my, I didn't like the sound of my voice. And when I started posting on social media, it weirded me out. I was very it's uncomfortable. Weird, yeah. Um, I promise you that goes away. You know, after about 60 to 90 days, you find your voice. Hmm. Right. But what I was doing when I started presenting business information and teaching people on social media, because it was something I was passionate about, I started taking Zoom calls with Mm -hmm. people, right? I just put a link in my profile. I was like, hey, you want to talk to me? Like, let's fucking talk. (laughs) And so I got the most random group of people that book calls with me, hundreds of people, right? New business owners. 17-year-olds who want to learn how to make money, 25-year-olds um, who need to open up a Roth IRA, 65-year-olds who want to start a dropshipping business, right? Anything. What I found was that they all seem to have the same set of problems. They weren't taught how to effectively make money for themselves without working for somebody else. They don't know what steps they need to take to build their own business out. They're like, they don't know what bricks to buy at the store to build the right foundation. And, I've spent time assembling that knowledge. 15 years, I've been putting together stuff on how to properly do this. And so after talking to all these people, I'm like, holy shit, your problems are all the same. Like boiled down, distilled down, it's all the same shit. And so I was running out of time. I was running out of time to physically like teach everybody on Zoom and whatnot. So I'm like, I gotta find another way. I have to find a way that can teach people when I'm not present. Mm -hmm. And so I sent my family out of town for two weeks to go visit the in-laws and I sat down right here at this desk and I was like, I built out an outline. I'm like, I'm going to record a video course to teach people this stuff. And so I did. I recorded 50 videos and I made legal docs and I made a whole outline and emails and syllabuses and quizzes and whatnot so that people didn't feel like they had to go spend $200,000 in debt to get an education they're not going to use. Um, now you can just learn what you need to learn from a specialist, skip all that bullshit and start your own business and empower yourself that was my whole journey was empowering people through education i love educating man that's that's how and i you're view good myself at it. As an educator i like it too and and you're right i i do have a knack for taking complex topics and making them simple and that's one of my that's one of my superpowers that's the way i look at it at least i love it and so i'm like let's use this superpower dude and let's teach people the the essentials of business so that they can empower themselves for the rest of their lives no matter what they want to do and that's why i did it and that's not where it will stop, you know. Um, it's just the first thing that we've decided to put out, and I call it Vanadur Business School. And you know, I have a ton of students, and it's a ton of fun watching people grow and learn. But I really like that education, man. I really, really like teaching people. Um, you know the old adage are, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach him how to fish and he'll eat for the rest of his life. Was that Jesus? Yeah, it was. It was in <laughs> fact. And so I'm teaching people how to build their businesses so that they don't have to go ask people a bunch of questions anymore. Mm-hmm. They'll know. Yeah. They'll know what to do. And it's an incredibly good feeling when all the pieces click in your mind and you know what steps to take next. Just like a workout plan, right? Yep. Like most people don't know how to fucking work out. Like what do I do? Do I do buys and buys and tries? Like <laughs> do I do chest and back together? Like legs one day, like rest days, what? They don't know how to put together a plan, but once you have a plan and you put it into action and you actually understand like how it works and it clicks in your mind, you're like, oh yeah, it's, I can do that. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do with education and yeah. business.
1: No, I love that because one of the biggest, uh, I think it was a Tony Robbins quote is like the enemy of, uh, like inaction is like a complexity is the enemy of, uh, execution or something like that. Right. Like if, if it's, if you think it's too difficult, You're not going to do it. So if you can boil it down to something very simplified that you can follow, because at the end of the fucking day, how do you eat? You chew one bite at a time. You don't put the whole thing in your mouth and then like expect to just digest it, right? I like that, It's the same thing with everything else you do in life. Like, yeah, you want to build a business. Yeah, you want to make more money. You still have to live a minute a day at a time. Like you can't live faster than that. So get the fuck out of your head and do what you got to do.
0: Yep. Evan, now imagine you can get 1% better a day. Like
1: Well, that would be that'd be great and you could probably dip 20% the next day like the market does. And that's okay too. <laughs> yes. You're not going to go up 1% every day. If somebody tells you that that's possible, yeah, it's also possible to dip. But that's okay. Like embrace the whole thing. You're going to have shit workouts. You're going to have workouts where everything hurts and it doesn't go well. It's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it.
1: <sighs> Man, I really wanted to ask you this question, but I feel like you at you've answered this, but it's like like, what do you, what do you dream about? I suppose, like at night when you're sleeping for, for life, for humanity, like, what do you dream about? You know, it's uh, a very orbiting philosophical... the
0: earth with my family in my own spacecraft. No Fuck, joke. That's cool. I want to start an asteroid mining company in 2050. I want to go <laughs> up there and mine asteroids in the Kuiper belt. I'm going to call the company Juke limited after one of my favorite non or fiction novels. And uh, I'm going into space. There's a lot of steps along the way. Yeah. And you know, that we've got to get to a lot of milestones we got to make. But dude, I literally daydream about that weightless feeling with my family, getting to see the entire earth and having that sense of oneness. I dream about that shit, dude. I dream about hanging out with my kids and like the, the moments. I, I dream about these moments that we get to live together with clarity because I don't have to worry about all the bullshit on the outside. Cause I figured it out. I figured out how to make my businesses run without me. I figured out how to become financially immortal. I figured out how to build a retirement. I figured out how to be healthy. So now I am, I can resort to living in the moment with the people that I love, with meaningful relationships and having meaningful work. I literally daydream about this shit, off.
1: Dude, that was a great answer. I didn't expect you to have a, a big dream like that, but I'm so oh, glad dude. you have one. And it's so empowering because everyone should dream about something big, and that will drive the shit out of you. You will. You will go. Like
0: you can dream about whatever the hell you want. Yeah, man.
1: yeah and you have all this good cool. energy, and now it makes a lot of sense. You have really big dreams, and I, I think it makes more sense now. So, Evan, great conversation, man. Thank you so much for doing this Thank with me. me. We should definitely do this again. I'd, uh, I'd love to find more ways to collaborate because you have a great audience, and if there's any value I can bring, like with my background, I'd love to find
0: ways to do that. Oh, that'd be amazing. We'll definitely come up with. I already got a few ideas in my head.
1: Sweet. All right, everybody, thank you. Check out all the links in the show notes here. Evan's got all this good stuff out there for you to access and ready to roll. And we're going to link all that in the bio. And thank you again for being here, Evan. We'll see you next time. Thanks for
0: having me, man. Bye.
1: Thank you for checking out this show. I really appreciate your time and I can't wait to hear from you. If you want to give me any feedback or want to get in touch, know someone that I should put on the show, reach out to me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever you are online, you bet you can find me there. Just search for The Real Abinov. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.